Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, animal people, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and in just a few minutes, Jerry Taxter from Ferrets Anonymous will be joining us. It's been about a year since we've spoken to Jerry, and I thought it would be a good time to find out what's new with legislation about these cute little animals and find out a bit more on ferret care. After our halftime break, it's time for Marianne Dill's world-famous children's books book reviews. Of course, the books she talks about all have to do with animals, and they're all very interesting. Before we get started, we need to take a very quick break, so grab a pen and paper, and when you get back, we'll have some great information for you just ahead here on the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I'm very happy to welcome back to the Pet Place Jerry Taxter from Ferrets Anonymous. Hi, Jerry. Happy to see you again. Hi. How are you doing, Marie? I'm doing well. I think I might have just blown your cover, though, since you're with Ferrets Anonymous, so we'll forget that his last name is Taxter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have to worry right now. Unfortunately for me, my ferrets are on the mantle in a box. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. Well, you know, ferrets are, are are actually quite nice little pets, aren't they? They are. They're beautiful little animals, and uh, uh, it's it's hard for me to understand the rationale that uh, the state of California has taken in uh, declaring that the ferret is a wild animal, mm-hmm. because by definition, it is the domestic ferret, and is mm-hmm. known as the domestic ferret worldwide. Wow. Now, how long has California held that belief that uh, ferrets are wild animals rather than pets? Uh, from somewhere in the 30s. Uh, oh, wow. This uh, came came about. Uh, ranchers, I believe, were afraid that the ferret was going to escape uh, as a pet and... Uh, Raid kill- all the hen houses? Yeah, well, kill the cattle is actually what they said. Kill the cattle? A little and tiny ferret? It's a two-pound animal, <laughs> and, and I think it would have a little, a little trouble with an 800-pound steer. Oh, my goodness. And, and they were actually able to get... Laws made that basically made ferrets illegal in California. Yes, they did. Amazing, and those laws are still in effect today. They're they're still in effect, and actually California uh, is the uh, outside of Hawaii, which of course is understandable since it's an island state, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, California is the only state in the Union, and it's actually the only country in the world, aside from uh, Portugal, where ferrets are illegal. Wow. So the entire world, except for Portugal and Hawaii and California, and California, <laughs> uh, say ferrets are a okay. That's that's absolutely right. Wow. Uh, the the uh, fish and games uh, fear that uh, the ferrets will become feral is actually kind of unfounded because there are no reported feral colonies of ferrets anywhere in the world. That's what I understand. Now, now you were uh, mentioning to me a little earlier that um, our governor, the governator, the governor. <laughs> um, wants to have more study done on uh, 
the environmental impact of having ferrets in California? Actually, yes, he's uh, he's indicated to the ferret uh, people here in uh, California that uh, that will be necessary to do, and as you know, that's quite expensive. Right, and we're in a serious state uh, budget uh, crisis right now. Yes, so we that's are. That's not going to happen, is it? Probably not, but. Arnold could use this to his advantage mm -hmm. because if ferrets were licensed as our dogs, mm -hmm. then uh, with the 500,000 ferrets that there are approximately in California. Really? Are there that many ferrets there? There, there are an estimated wow. half million ferrets in, in the state of California. There's <laughs> <laughs> not enough jail room for everybody. But... Um, uh, the just if you charge what you charge for a dog license, you're mm -hmm. looking at ten to twenty million dollars in the state coffers wow. uh, every year. Not to mention all the uh, the sales tax that uh, the ferret owners are contributing via sales merchant or ferret merchandise that they're buying. Uh, that's right, and as a matter of fact, uh, California consumes twenty seven percent of the nation's ferret products. So wow. that's a considerable amount of sales tax. Mm -hmm. There's more money for you, Arnold. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a, it is a way to not solve the budget crisis, of course, but to mitigate it a little bit. Yeah. Well, gosh, do you think uh, there's any chance then of uh, the legislation that uh, Ferret Anonymous and LegalizeFerrets.org is um, trying to push forward? Well, I think that there's that possibility if Ferrets uh, – It actually, Ferrets uh, – Anonymous.org. Uh, if you can go to their website, and uh, they can give you information on how you can help push this uh, issue through uh, and get some get some money, perhaps hopefully, mm -hmm. in order to um, fund a uh, study, an environmental study. Now, the environmental study is not the full study, so they they don't have to do traffic and they don't have to do what you know impact it will have on the waterways or anything right. like that. So it's not a full study. Mm -hmm. So it is feasible that it can be done. You know, the thing that amazes me is if everybody knows we have about a half a million ferrets here in California anyway, and we're not experiencing all the doom and gloom that people are saying if ferrets existed here in California, then what's the holdup? Uh, I think Fish and Game is the holdup. They're really? holding fast to the fact that they believe the domestic ferret to be a wild animal, mm -hmm. uh, and it is their fear essentially that keeps them from just going ahead and granting status to the uh, to the domestic ferret. Well, now you know the thing that that really frustrates me is as a domesticated animal, just like a domestic rabbit, when these guys are just abandoned and left to fend for themselves. They don't really survive very well on their own, and they usually die within a very short amount of time. Well, they estimate about a, a, a week lifespan after a ferret escapes uh, the home. Wow. Uh, they become prey to cats and dogs and, and mm -hmm. you know, uh, any wild animals that sure. might be in the area. Uh, they're only a two-pound animal, so they certainly uh, would have trouble defending themselves. And they are, they are for 2,500 years not really used to hunting on their own. They depend upon human beings for their source of food. So unless they can find a bag of kibble to attack, <laughs> uh, they're, they're really not going to survive. Yeah, and they're not going to create these large feral colonies. It's just, I don't know, it's, it, as I said, it's just very frustrating to me that 
without Fish and Game and, and our government representatives continue to hold fast to these ideas, which every other state in the union has cast out a long time ago. Well, that's true, and and uh, because most, virtually all, actually, ferrets, uh, domestic ferrets, are spayed or neutered, mm-hmm. far more so than cats and dogs. Oh, interesting. Uh, because a, a an intact ferret has a rather strong odor, oh, and uh, okay. some people find it offensive. So most ferrets uh, have uh, had their anal glands removed so that they uh, don't have that musky odor that uh, that a ferret ha- that a, a, deme- a wild ferret would have. Very interesting. And so they're also spayed and neutered. And right. Okay. That's that's really good to know, and it it makes me think of something else too. Um, with ferrets being illegal, how can you take your ferret to a veterinarian for this type of procedure and feel safe? I mean, is the veterinarian required to report ferrets? No, uh, you can take your uh, ferret to uh, any veterinarian, but mostly uh, exotic and avian veterinarians treat ferrets. There are some regular veterinarians who would treat dogs and cats who who treat ferrets as well, but uh, they are not required uh, to report the uh, treating a ferret to uh, any government agency. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. So I would urge anyone who has a ferret who has that fear, go to uh, ferretsanonymous.org and get the uh, information about uh, vets in your area who treat ferrets. That's good to know because um, I would hate to think that somebody feels like they can't get vet care for their pet because they're worried that they might ultimately lose their pet. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the, the big downsides of mm-hmm. uh, having this ban on ferrets here in California. Now, how do all the ferrets get here into California? In the first place, Can, I mean, it must be pretty difficult to to bring them over the border with the border checks and everything. Uh, yeah, getting past the agricultural station, uh, smuggling a ferret into California, essentially, because mm-hmm. uh, as I said, most are fixed mm-hmm. when they when they get here, so you don't really have a breeding population here in California. Mm-hmm. So people do bring them in, and I would not recommend anyone bring a, a ferret into the state because if uh, the uh, if they're stopped at the agricultural station, mm-hmm. and the ferret uh, will be confiscated, uh, oh, without okay. a doubt, and it it could be either euthanized uh, or sent back, hopefully sent back to where mm-hmm. it came from. But either way, you're out the 150 or 200 dollars wow. that uh, you spent for the ferret. Okay, well that's uh, that's a little worrisome. So you shouldn't try and smuggle a ferret into the state. No, that's uh, not a good idea at all. Well, you know. For people who are interested in ferrets, what's it like to have a ferret as a pet? Are they pretty cuddly and affectionate, and do they have playful personalities? Well, if you can imagine a kitten, uh-huh. now a kitten will grow into a cat, but a ferret never grows up. Ferrets will run and play, they'll tumble, they're very curious and they're they're fun-loving. They get into virtually everything. Wow. And um, they do a little dance, uh, the the ferret dance. And you can see this actually on YouTube. You can go onto YouTube and, and uh, type in, I'm not real computer literate as far <laughs> as YouTube goes, but you can type in uh, something to about ferrets and you will see people have taken uh, videos of their ferrets dancing and they do this little head swinging dance which is so adorable uh-huh. if you're in a bad mood or you've had a rough day that's going to that's going to take care of that for you they're wow. they're going to get you out of that do they really bond with their owners they 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 really do and as they get older the bond becomes uh 
stronger and stronger. Wow. Which is why it, it's um, very difficult for me to imagine anyone giving up their ferret because the the poor animal, if if it's been a single ferret in your home, and and all of a sudden they they take it to uh, a ferret anonymous or they take it to um, uh, some place where the ferret is going to go into a large scale ferret keeping uh, operation, mm-hmm. it's now going to be exposed to a lot of other ferrets which it has not been exposed to, and it's going to be confused. It, mm-hmm. what, why am I abandoned? Why did you leave me? Right. Same as we talk about with dogs and cats. Exactly. I mean, they form bonds with their families, and they want to stay there for life. That, that's that's exactly right. And and one thing about ferrets is they're they're so very clever that a person who wants to own a ferret, I shouldn't say own because <laughs> we all know our pets own us. That's true. <laughs> but but a, a, a person who wants a ferret has has got to ferret-proof their house. Oh, okay. Any small hole or even the uh, uh, even underneath a, a doorway that a ferret can get its head through, it's it's gone. It's uh not going to uh, stick around. Oh, wow. So they don't try and come back home again if they get loose. Uh no, they they're not they're not territorial in that sense. Uh, what they do is they uh, once they get out, they start sniffing and they follow their nose and and they've been known to go as much as 3 or 4 miles in a day. Wow. That's amazing. So you probably want to microchip your ferrets. Uh, that would be a good idea if that you, way if if you they, have one. Yeah, yes. if they end up at a vet hospital, a vet could call you and say, I've got your little ferret over here. Exactly. Come down and get him. <laughs> you know, they're, they're such a small animal, and the chips are large, that uh, I've been told uh, by veterinarians that it's it's kind of difficult to oh, okay. to do that with okay. them. Um, now, what do you feed a ferret? Ferrets will eat. Uh, there's a special ferret food, but there are also... Uh, Cat foods that ferrets eat. Okay. They basically do are nothing. Are they carnivores? They are carnivores uh, okay. in the sense that a dog and cat is a carnivore. But um, ferrets uh, are <laughs> kibblevores, I guess. Oh, you'd okay, say. okay. That's what they're used to. That's what mm-hmm. they've eaten for so many and years. And vitamin formulated. And right, and uh, the best ones are are chicken, and they have uh, chicken as the primary ingredient. Okay. Now. Do they have? Uh, can you feed them fruits and vegetables too? Or no, are they, they can't in digest that? very okay. much of. Uh, they can't digest dairy products, and they can't digest uh, vegetables very well. Okay. In tiny quantities, a ferret can can eat those things, but. Uh, so they really are very much like a cat or a dog as exactly. far as that type of diet is concerned. Uh, yeah, they they are, and and I wanted to add too that since ferrets are so clever, they they open doors. They can really not two not, pound little uh, critters they, can, they open can pull door, open huh? a cabinet door. Wow! And uh, unfortunately, uh, most of us keep uh, our drain cleaner and and that type oh. of thing under the sink. And uh, and if you don't ferret proof your house, mm-hmm. the ferret will get into that stuff because their their curiosity is. Certainly uh, goes beyond their intelligence. They they just don't know what's what's bad for them. Well, yeah, and and that's true for most pets. You just have to be really really careful. Um, as as a uh, former ferret owner, um, what would you say is the best thing about having a ferret? I I I can say that uh, just watching a ferret interact with a sock on the floor. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it, Like I said, it's like having a kitten. And uh, no matter your mood, no matter what a bad day you had, the minute you let your ferret out of its cage, 
to to romp around, your mood immediately changes, and you and you you become a happy person because the ferret is so happy. When when the ferret does his little ferret dance, it is pure joy. He's <laughs> he's just uh, transmitting pure joy to the world, and, wow. and it's just such a pleasure to watch them. That is so neat. You know, um, I only have a minute left with you, but let's tell everybody about Ferrets Anonymous and LegalizeFerrets.org. Okay. Um, the uh, Ferrets Anonymous is probably your best source, and that's ferrets, FerretsAnonymous.org, and that's your best source of information. Uh, any Anything you want to know about ferrets, uh, you can find on ferretsanonymous.org. And that'll help you get set up to writing your state representatives and the type exactly. of letter you should write and all that to help get ferrets legal in the state of California. Exactly. And, hey, Arnold, there's a, there's a big source of money there for you, so uh, look for the little guy. Let's legalize these guys. That's right. Well put, Jerry. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming down here and updating us on ferrets in California. I hope next time you come back, uh, you'll have some good news, and you'll say, ferrets are legal. And, and when they are, I'll have several. All right. <laughs> we need to take a very quick station break now, but don't go away. We'll be back with Marianne Dell and her children's book reviews in just a moment. Stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on KGIL, AM 1260 and 540. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. Marianne Dill is with us now, and she has been busy reading a bunch of new children's books over the past month and has picked out some of her favorites to share with us. Hi, Marianne. How are you? I'm great, Marie. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm anxious to hear about your new books. Yeah, I've got some good ones, as always. Okay. Well, the first one is called Dog Heroes, a story poster book. It's by Carl Meyer, published by Story Books. Price is $9.95, and it's really for all ages. It's one of those books that you can keep as a book or you can tear out the individual pages. It's oh. glossy, big format. Um, on the front is a, picture, a photo of a dog, and on the back is a story about that particular dog or that breed of dog. Is it a paperback then? Uh, yes. Okay. It's a glossy, thick paper, really nice quality paper book, and it talks about different things that dogs do to make our lives better in many, many ways. Wow. Um, it's got stories about rescue dogs, like uh, St. Bernard's that help in the mountains, and Newfoundland's that oh, rescue people posters. who've gotten lost or fallen in the water. Oh, wow. Uh talks about sled dogs. It's got Japan's Hachiko. I love his story. It's one of my favorites. He's an Akita who waited every day at the train station for his owner to come home from the university. Aww. One day his owner died at work, never came home, and Hachiko sat at that train station for 10 years wow. until he died. People That's fed him. Story. He became a local hero. There's a statue to him there now. So it's got some really, really cool stories, a good way to talk about some different breeds of dogs and what, they're, what they've been bred for and what they can do naturally. So good on a whole bunch of levels. Wow. And then these are all like headshots, the posters that you could tear out? Um, headshots, some body shots. There's one of the dogs is Bilbo. He's a Newfoundland who's a lifeguard oh. on a beach in England. Mm-hmm. So the 
picture of him has him sitting in his little lifeguard truck with the guy who drives the truck around. <laughs> Very cute. Yes. Well, let's talk about your next book. Okay. This one's called Kids Making a Difference for Animals. Oh, it is one of a series of four that have just been put out. Um, actually, they're going to be published in March mm-hmm. by the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Uh, along with Howell Bookhouse, which, of course, has been publishing dog books for a long, long time. And the books uh, are ways to get kids involved with animals if they want to, but, you know, they have a pet dog, maybe they want to do something more with it. Well, one of the books is called Having Fun with Your Dog, and it talks about different activities like hunting and camping, dog sports other type things, therapy work that kids can do with their canines. Okay. Uh, Amazing Pet Tricks Mm -hmm. shows in a nice illustrated way using all reinforcement, clickers and food reinforcement, some different tricks you can teach your dog from simple things like wave to some more complicated stuff. Okay, so it's a nice how-to book for children. Yes, yes. And uh, I love kids making a difference for animals. It's the one that uh, they sent me to look at. And it's got all kinds of stuff, and it's stories about kids, real kids, mm-hmm. who have done things all around the world. There's a story of the girl in Oceanside who read about a police dog in New Jersey who had been shot and killed. Oh. And she decided she wanted to raise money to buy a bulletproof slash proof vest for the police canine in her town. And her program turned, in, her little fundraising yeah. effort turned into Vesta Dog. Uh-huh. which has gone nationwide yeah. and provided police dog vests throughout the country. Wow, that's a great story. Marianne, it, I think we have time for um, one more book, if we go quickly. Okay. Well, this last one is just one I stumbled upon. It's not new, but when I saw who the author was, I had to read it. It's called The Cat Lady. Uh-huh. It's by Dick King-Smith, published by Alfred A. Knopf. It's fifteen ninety five, though I know you can find it cheaper on Amazon and some other places. And it's for ages eight and up. Dick King King Smith is the guy who wrote Babe, the Gallant oh, Pig, yeah. which of course was the basis for the movie Babe, mm-hmm. one of my all time favorite movies yeah. in so many ways. And this is a really cute little story about a lady who lives by herself with her many many cats, and everyone of course calls her the Cat Lady, and uh-huh. she's got all these cats. But the cool thing is. A lot of her cats are reincarnated. Oh, wow. And they really Uh are. Uh And so while she goes about her daily life and has uh, all these different relationships with her cats, the cats have little stories in and among among themselves that they talk about while the tale is going on. It's very cute, very whimsical, very nicely told. Well, as usual, you picked out some great books, and I want to thank you for taking the time to review them and share them with us. You are welcome. We need to take one last break, but we'll be back in just a moment here on the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL AM 1260 and 540. Don't go away. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and it's time for some Pet Place news and events. The San Juan Capistrano Fiesta Association will host the annual Kids Pet Parade on Sunday, March 1st at Cook, La Novia Park in San Juan Capistrano. 
Now, if by chance it's raining, there's a special date set aside, which is March 8th. Children between the ages of 5 and 12 can bring their pets in costume for a contest, including cutest, most original, best teen costume, that would be the owner and the pet, funniest, and most obedient. The judge's choice winner will be featured in the 51st Swallows Day Parade on Saturday, March 21st. Registration begins at 11.30 a.m., and the judging and pet parade starts at 1 p.m., each contest has a $3 entry fee, and all pets must be leashed, haltered, or caged during the entire event. Fiesta de las Golondrinas, meaning Festival of the Swallows activities, paid tribute to the annual return of the swallows and San Juan Capistrano's Spanish and Western heritage. The annual Swallows Day Parade, themed Boots, Buckles, and Spurs, is one of the nation's largest non-motorized parades and draws worldwide interest. For more information about the Kids Pet Parade or other Fiesta de las Golondrinas events, call 949-493-1976 or visit www.swallowsparade.org. That sounds fun, but please don't forget to check out Pet Place website at petplace.org to find out more Pet Place news, and once there, Click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. 